0: With the hustle. Last week we talked about the process we built at Fundsize for designing digital products in a collaborative uh, environment with our clients. After we talked about that, we started talking about offboarding once a project's over. We're going to continue that conversation now.
1: You know, we had a client once and, you know, he's like, So, what, it's the, the engagement's over? Like, Okay, and so we're like, yeah, we need to like strengthen that up a little bit, you know, so we've been thinking about it yeah uh, quite a bit, it's, and um,
0: it's so weird when you know you work together with with a someone for so well and it's so collaborative then all of a sudden you're like faced with like, okay, this is over right? yeah. I mean I mean from the business point of view, you do have to shut down the project, right yeah. like you do have to do that because your team needs to go on to other projects and it's hard. I think it's the hardest thing, and honestly, that's going to be the the what they remember.
1: Yeah, exactly. However, good like the process or working with was like the last thing is yeah. the last thing.
0: Um, Brandon from Pair Booking, who was on uh, last season, we had a this is a great example because we had a really good this really good vibe with him. We created an MVP of his whole service in like a four month time frame and all that, and then all of a sudden, you know, since he made the decision not to renew a retainer, we had to move the team on to other stuff. And he, you know, he gave me and sent me a note when he's like, dude, I kind of feel like you just kicked me to the curb. Like, oh. um, you know, and then, you know, I think that made me think like, wow, I mean, I, you know, we're just going through the motions of things that we need to do, but man, this this doesn't feel um, right. You know, right. like, yeah. so I, I think I've, I, we have, as a studio, have already done a lot of things that I think changed that. Right. Um, but
1: yeah, so one of the I mean, there's there's a couple of things I think we're taking more steps towards, like <laughs> uh, sort of coming to a softer landing because we you know it's, it's hard because we have all these other things starting. It's like okay, that project's done. Let's go on the next one. We've got to onboard this next client. You know, it's really hard to think about after a project's over, but we do need to, and it's a way better experience if if that whole thing sort of feels like oh, they're really thinking about us at the end and after the end mm-hmm. even. Um, just maintaining some contact with the client after um, is 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 the least we could do um, but we 've kind of started like i 've noticed um, Aaron has actually been like kind of helping me like i 've had two projects sort of end uh, in the last month or so, and so he's he 's been helping with me like early signals hey let 's put on the brakes a little bit, like let our clients understand what 's about to happen, but also really really love what um, You had been doing with our past clients with uh, Slack. Do you want to talk about that for a second? I love that idea.
0: Yeah, um, some of my advisors advised me not to do this, but hey, it's my company. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I didn't want to when a project was in just to say goodbye, see you later, because it um, it this is not what anyone looks for. So, not only I decided that okay, well, what if what what could we do to surprise our clients at the end of the engagement? we don't tell them during the engagement what we're doing now is once the project is complete we're adding them to a fun size family channel and mm-hmm. in that channel is all of our other client partners you know a mixture of venture capitalists owner operators CEOs VPs engineers product managers and so now the conversation can continue and and they can meet each other and build
1: they can talk to us they can talk to yeah. them you know each other like it's pretty cool. Like they've all had the experience of work, and in fact, that's the in most cases that's the one thing that they all have in common that they've worked with Fun Size in the past. Yeah.
0: I hope that people find value from it. My, my hope was that you know they could stay in contact with not just their design director and product design lead, but anyone in the company, and meet other people that could help them with you know specific business problems or
1: was was part of the idea like we were trying to solve the problem of well okay this project is over we need to shut down this slack channel that was just dedicated to that project so that
0: was the original problem because slack changed their the way their channels worked and it used used to be able to close out a channel on the sidebar like you can with a direct message mm-hmm. but they removed that functionality so if um the only way that you can keep someone is to keep them in that channel but any channel that you're in is going to be on your sidebar so like for right. someone like me that would be like too, 60 60 channels too many. so and not to mention they're only able to chat with the people that were in that group right so by by adding them to by adding them all into this one channel they can
1: we no longer have to have that maintain that channel yeah. you know we can go ahead and move on from that but still leave like any of our past clients can reach out to me or you you know at any time mm-hmm. because we're all in that
0: it's been a good um it's been a good avenue to for me to get input like I've used that channel to Survey clients. You know, how was your experience working with us? Hmm. How can we have better value? Like, just instead of like sending them emails or formal surveys, I can just talk to them. Like, yeah, like nothing really changed. Yeah. And um, some of our clients have even um, shared work that they're working on post engagement. Oh, that's uh, cool. We've we've um, been able to keep. Some clients engage and re-engage in new engagement. So so far, I think it's a it's a it's a good good thing.
1: How, how long have you been doing that? Like you set that up recently, right? Not
0: very long, like maybe a month. But um, man, I, I think it's cool because uh, it just the way that I the way that I try to think about it is that the the in, the relationship is not over. The yeah. project is, yeah. But you know, this is where the relationship continues until our next. Mm-hmm. Project starts as I guess as the way I think about it. Um, and I would honestly much prefer prefer to communicate with people in Slack versus sending people emails anyway. So,
1: can we also send gift baskets to our clients, like <laughs> with with uh, chocolate turtles and stuff, with caramel Cheez- cheeses
0: these. and sausage? Yeah, um, but you know that. that I mean, there's there's still other issues, right? There's still like transferring knowledge and files, like. You know, we we have all these constraints to work with in our Dropbox or Dropbox and Drive environments, and you know, all those. There's we use so many tools that actually make that allow us to work effectively with our clients, but transferring all of those over is a enormous chore. It's annoying. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's there's not really a a real way around that. Uh, (laughs) It's just kind of a nature of. Burn everything to DVD and yeah. <laughs> mail it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's our new offboarding process: yeah. burn a DVD and then send a gift basket.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it would be cur- I'd be curious to hear how people think about that. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I like I would like to think that there's some value and you know and maybe a little surprise factor, even if they don't want to participate. Like just knowing that. We can provide that value of, of, of additional relationship building. Yeah, but this
1: is plugging into the network. You know, you never know who, what, what kind of relationship our previous clients may may make together. You know, oh. we may never hear about that.
0: You may never know because they're just DMing <laughs> each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's great because whenever they remember how they met that person, they're going to think of yeah. you know how how they worked with. And you know
0: people. what? They might meet someone else in that channel that they prefer to work with than us, and you know. We have to just be willing to um, embrace that chaos of the conversations that we're not seeing, and mm-hmm. just be the facilitator of it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much our process and offboarding right now. I think we're still iterating on uh, kind of how we want to get th- the offboarding is not as solid. I'd like to, you know, continue to work on that. But I, I like what you said about asking others if.
0: Um, well, w- yeah. Well, we you know we've grown a little bit you know over the last year, and you know we you and I talk about this all the time. Um, I think what we're trying to figure out now is a new position that kind of if the if the design team is sort of taking care of the client during engagement, like who is this other person that can take care of the client before it starts and after it ends, like like a you know a head of studio or something like that that. Makes that onboarding process really smooth, yeah what like, is
1: that like it's not a project manager it's not a yeah it's really difficult
0: because I only <laughs> understand design jobs and but you know I mean there's so many things that we that i that we could do you know like when a, when when we're onboarding a client, we could send them you know in our swag plus like tools that they need to like work with us and you know, gather all the you know make robust profiles on Slack so people know yeah. how to contact you. There's like that. Just the, some of these things are so small. The other like,
1: thing that we've really never taken advantage of with the client experience stuff is that like every project we've ever done, like you can find like um, pictures of like us meeting together, pictures of our sketches and whiteboard sessions and mm-hmm. stuff like. Um, you know those those uh, posters that we have you know we could kind of make like collages of like the process of working with us and kind of give that as a gift to sort of member i mean it sounds cheesy but it's also like there's not a lot of tangible exchanges like here's this tangible thing yeah. from this experience you know
0: and you know and i would love to have someone whose job is to do that like if it's the same person like that's helping with onboarding and offboarding maybe mm-hmm. during the project they could be this person that looks at the calendar and intentionally goes into meetings and workshops and like yep. captures the moments that are happening. And, exactly. Um, that stuff means a lot to me because you know, twenty years from now, the stuff that I'm going to be looking for is probably the photos of people working together and not like mockups. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's I think true. I think that's the that's the stuff that kind of will will live forever and. Um. I think you have to be willing to spend money to do some of this stuff, which is hard when you're, you know, a designer development services company. But I think I'm beginning to understand that, you know, it's okay, it's great to be able to like do really great work and have a really unique process to do it in. But if you can't do the onboarding and offboarding as equal as equally high caliber, then you know it, it comes along, yeah, with some potential negativity, yeah a good point So I don't know it's worth worth investing time and thought
1: into sure. mm-hmm. yeah those are just such impactful touch points at the beginning because they don't know what to expect and then the end because that's the last thing that they remember like yeah man
0: yep. uh, Jim Jim is working on an interesting concept right now that could potentially automate. A lot of that stuff, I don't. Know, I, we don't know its viability, but I'm, that that's pretty interesting. I think
1: he's working on a product idea. Yeah, yeah got a
0: product idea that could potentially automate some parts of offboarding and onboarding, especially like the things that require like inviting users into things like Slack and Invision and
1: oh Dropbox. God, and that. that would be so great! And we just have like. It's such a hassle to like just find everybody like who needs to be on this and everything. Yeah, that would be really cool. It's a cool yeah. idea. It's just uh, going to be called boarding, <laughs> just on and off, <laughs> just boarding. Boarding. <laughs> they go to boarding school. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: cool. Yeah, and I think you know, um, hopefully with your help, um, we can take our our process and brand it, write about it somewhere online, and maybe show people how they can. Yeah do what we do mm-hmm. if they want to do that cuz it's not it's not like the typical project and it's also not like a typical sprint either I'm finding I'm so.
1: I'm glad you said that because we kind of mentioned it a couple times now and I think it's a interesting idea um because I think we have something that works it's not perfect but we're continuing to iterate on it I think the it's more like the the soul of the thing is what is really good which is just being open about it everything but um that actually brought up a an interesting um Point something I wanted to ask you about because you recently read that um, design sprint book. Yeah, I saw you reading that on the plane when we went to San Fran. Wait, SF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta say you gotta say the right way. When uh, we went to SF, um, you had some thoughts about how what we do is is nothing like that. And I haven't read it, so I kind of thought it would be. So I think. And
0: the reason why I think that is because design sprint—that word or those words—are starting to become buzzwords, just like mm. UX and whatnot. And um, hmm. I think the concept of sprinting is something that's very easily understood in engineering teams, but for the for the those companies out there that are. Leveraging design sprints, at least the way that people are writing and talking about it, uh, kind of picking up where Google Ventures left off. Mm-hmm. The, those engagements are f- structured, um, time-boxed engagements where there's a there's a defined problem, a series of workshops that gets to the core of you know a why you're working on that, and what the outcome should be, and then planned days of executing and. and prototyping and testing, going full circle of like full user experience journey with, you know, you know, let's say for example, like the five day example, you know, where you know, day one is like unpacking, and, you know, and day two, you're diverging, and, and then day three, you know, mm-hmm. and then you're designing and prototyping, and by the end of the engagement, you're validating. That's the
1: Jake Knapp, like yeah. Google Ventures design sprint
0: thing. The design sprint book that Richard Banfield wrote, uh, Richard Banfield's the CEO of um, Thoughtbot. I mean, I'm sorry, not Thoughtbot. He's the Fresh CEO t- of Fresh t- Till Soil. Yeah, yeah. But he interviewed a lot of companies like Thoughtbot and other companies that were running these things. And each of these companies sort of provide perspectives on, what activities to do in order to get from point A to point B mm-hmm. um, in a short time box, time frame. Mm-hmm. and I knew what we did was a little bit different, but it wasn't until I really read that that I realized it was it's completely different because in this way that we work in these retainers and this transparent design methodology, whatever you call it, there is no planned structure other than the sprint planning and the designing and the constant reviewing. It's not it's open to do whatever is necessary yeah. at that time um versus like an, an a very thoughtfully planned series of uh, five-day workshops or whatever hmm. so it sort of got, got me thinking about that cuz i wonder if we're using the right words when we're selling the work
1: well i mean the terminology is sort of evolving so maybe yeah, m- yeah. maybe what it means today isn't what it meant you know before but Um, so are you saying that like the design sprint thing is sort of like, it's, it's pretty prescriptive, like take two of these and call me in the morning. Like this is what you do to get the answer. And what we do is a little bit more like improv or like reacts to, um, the, the, the problem in a more specific way to the problem, as opposed to just go through this process or this activity.
0: Oh, that's a loaded question. I mean, um, and it's hard to kind of summarize, but um, when Google Ventures first started talking about this, they, you know, they they didn't go into detail. They just said, okay, we have a five day process for doing this, and it al- it allows you to like get unstuck on a on a product problem mm-hmm. for a product that's already in market. It can help. It's a formula that can help you build an MVP to go test. But they didn't mm-hmm. really describe how they do that, and so. How these other companies are doing it, or they're pulling um, design thinking or um, um, activities from a more traditional school, a design design school of thought, into this short period of time to be able to go full circle. So, like, you know, you know, things like, you know, well, first of all, in this sort of design sprint, you have all the people in the same room for five days. Like, you got like, you know, CEO of of your client, the marketing person, the engineer. You got the agency, you know, moderator and a designer or two, and they're
1: and this like a sprint like leader. Yeah, or and something. they're
0: in their room together for five days, and each each day there's goals. Mm-hmm. And the book provides some guidance about which activities you might want to use, but there are actual goal like actual goals to achieve like at, at every the day. Benchmarks. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus what we're doing is more like working like a team would at a product company. That might want to leverage a design sprint at some point. Yeah, yeah, right?
1: like go and do like a workshop, yeah. like to work through this problem, unless like here's your super concentrated thing that's going, you know, going to be this really short uh, beginning and end.
0: Yeah, so I guess we do do that in a way, but it's it's more like we would offer that one week activity to a current client that that yeah. just wants to spend a week focusing on something, but yep. we don't really take a Structured approach to it it's all about like well, using whatever activity ad hoc or activity or deliverable ad hoc that solves the problem that in that two week iteration
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, versus um a a program mm-hmm.
1: um, to follow, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, it's more like jazz yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: which is something i uh, one of the things that I hope we talk about soon is like knowing when to go. To execute and like when to do design think and research and sort of balancing that because it's risky to go too far in either way and you know maybe soon we can talk about <clears> that.
1: <throat> that's a very good point. Wondered that myself, but yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, we pretty much spl- split between uh, onboarding and or I'm sorry, offboarding and um, and process coverage. So. Um,
0: Everyone understands it now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, totally, yeah. we we understand yeah. it now, right? Sure. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, um, check out our website and there's more. There's um, other information about how we do that. And-
1: yeah, funsize.co. Uh We'll be a little bit at the end about that. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, appreciate uh, you listening. And hey, please do send us like if you guys have other thoughts on how do, how does your agency do offboarding? Like it would be fun to have a conversation on Twitter. And like uh, we're in the ho- at Hustlecast um, and also at Fun Size. Yeah. I'll check you guys later. Cool, thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Iron Yard. The Iron Yard in Austin is now offering a 12-week intensive program in user interface design. The Iron Yard will teach you the tools and skills you need to become a professional interface designer and then help you find a job. If you're interested in launching a new career in tech and design, visit their website, theironyard.com. Scholarships are available for the summer semester. Learn user interface design at the Iron Yard. Life's too short for the wrong career. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital product design agency in Austin, Texas, that creates delightful, innovative products for mobile, web, and beyond. Visit us on Twitter, at FunSize, or visit our website at FunSize.co.